Everybody's great when they're not tired. The champions is when they tired, that's when the real champions come out. That's when a real dog come out. Cause if you go piss like a puppy, stay on the porch and let the big dog see. Yes, indeedy. Welcome back to another episode of the Sheep, the Aussie Fantasy Football Podcast. <laughs> we don't have our usual host, Seymour's, uh, uh, tonight. So just we got uh, Pete from the, the Black Garter coming in just to kick it off. So who's excited? <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Who's here, Pete? You're, you're the host, mate. Mate, I, um, we got, we got uh, the usual suspects, as, as they're called. Um, there's Tom. And and unfortunately, we're not using the old platform to tell me who the other one is. But it looks like it's Christopher Uwes. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's that, CE. That's is formerly here. known as uh, guest. Insert two digits at the end of his name. <laughs> insert two digits. <laughs> <laughs> Moz would have liked that one. <laughs> yeah, Moz will love it. Um, Moz isn't here to defend himself, so there'll be a lot of bashing. Um, hopefully, um, mainly a lot of Kyler Murray's sure jokes. Um, Cardinals are going 0 17. Um, that was from a mate Dob Dobbs Tom in a throw that one in for Seymour's. I know he loves to hear about it. <laughs> They're probably but plus odds without... to go 0 17. Yeah, it's probably a good week for, for old Seymour's to, to catch catch old COVID and um, miss out on this. It's one week out from the start of the season. You get an extra week rest and come back firing. But um, what do we have on today's episode? Oh, look, we're gonna we're gonna fade some uh some players in fantasy we, we, we came in with our our kents last week so time to talk about the guys that we don't like anymore but um maybe we, we get into a bit of news unless tom's got a yarn to spin for us to start the, the show no i got no i got nothing i was waiting for you to no say uh, oh. and roster cuts because i had a little pun there so if you just say uh <laughs> the roster cuts then just pause for a second then i'll jump in uh, okay the roster cuts Speaking of roster cuts, did you see um, cousin Quinn cut his hair off? Oh my god, I did see that. That was um, scary. Isn't that disappointing. Do you think he'll lose all his strength like Samson? I reckon it does. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. he's not getting drafted. So Arch Manning season. Arch Manning yeah. season. <laughs> uh, that's that's really disappointing. To be honest, um, it was really Coach. majestic. He, he had that Gardner Minshew vibes going on, and, and it's he all did. gone now. Yeah. He looks like a military cadet or something. Maybe a on draft the... stock. Oh yeah, it'll hurt his draft stock. Yeah, maybe. What's the, no, reckon, the guy I from? Think, do you think he's doing it for his draft stock? Like more chance of oh, you know, the, potentially. The okay. That's a that's a haircut you can set your watch to style <laughs> operation. <laughs> Going to the draft, looking like any other white quarterback that's entered in the last fifteen years. So there's only one uh, starting college quarterback with a mullet now, and that's Cam Rising. So maybe run the Cam Rising train this year from Utah. Um, stocks rising. Stocks rising, Cam rising. That's it. All right. I don't think we have a beer of the week. Uh, check us out on our socials, by the way. Um, Tom's at uh, Tom Otten underscore FF. Seamoz, who is obviously not here. Seamoz at AFF. Um, FF underscore pointer for Peter and FF guest for myself. And Oz Fantasy NFL on the uh, X as well. We'll post out all that stuff like the uh, results of our humongous best ball league that we've just about wrapping up drafts on now what what are we up to tom 70 ish 70 ish that's i reckon we're going to pump out another absurd. half a dozen too. that's like 
yeah, we're looking at like a, a thousand teams in it almost. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, just absolutely massive response to it and uh, a real good prize for that winner, I guess. So uh, into a bit of news, we got uh, Jonathan Taylor not traded. Uh, they, they set a deadline. Their price was obviously too high and um, they're looking at sending him to the up to start the season. So not good news for JT owners. Um, yeah. I asked this question in the Discord Um are we worried about JT this season? Long, like, is it a whole write-off? And I, I'm starting to get the feeling this season could mm. be a write-off for JT. If he's not, they've got him on the pup when they said he's healthy. It's clearly it seems to be a bit of a, I don't know. And like they're using it as a as leverage to keep him, as opposed to um, he's injured and they they didn't they didn't trade him, put him on the pup. He's held there for four weeks. Hopefully, they can resolve whatever issues they have with it. But for me, it's like if, it, if that is not resolved, what's his value in going out there and running for a team that um, isn't going to pay him? Um, maybe it's best just to, to wait it out and see see where it goes in the offseason and get some or more chance of a trade. Um, it's not great for him. It's not great, for especially for fantasy. I think where he's going round was round two normally, right? Um, yeah. It's a lot, of, a lot of capital to give up for a guy that's potentially missing four weeks, look at uh, Alvin Kamara, albeit a little bit older, but he's falling rounds and rounds behind and he's only out yeah. three weeks. They're sort of really in that in that same mould. You, however you're treating Alvin Kamara, you probably have to treat Jonathan Taylor with a little bit will be same. Will be interesting just to see the drafts that kicked off, say, even yesterday, which we've probably got a couple of drafts kicked off yesterday, just to see how far he does actually fall. Hmm. Um, yeah, I haven't got any drafts that have uh, he's actually been drafted yet since Miami declined. I oh, know there is one. Uh, for interest's sake, just to try and find where he actually went. Yeah, it just throws a spanner in the works, right, for your your dynasty teams. You're thinking, oh, yep, getting JT back. My team's coming good again. Maybe you thought you, you'd you build a bit of a contender with him after his rookie year, and then, you know, you just had bad luck last year, but now you're looking at maybe another year without him. And then it starts to get to that point where you're like, it's been a long time since he's played. So this yeah. is he's a key to, to lose as well, right? Like he would mm. have been you're relying on him at worst, probably your RB two in your team. Um and at best is your your RB one, right? So you're yeah. losing him. It's hard to rebuild and I think even now it's hard to even just cut your losses and people are I don't know if they're yeah. like full worried. It's just this whole running back movement. Where's he gonna um what team no one wants to buy in on a running back running into his second year contract dynasty wise. It's just not right there. Right. So Definitely a, a hold and, and wait out what happens. But I think this year it could just be if you're hoping he comes back in four weeks and is back to the old Jonathan Taylor producing for your team being a must start. Um, it's got a bit of concern about that, whether that's going to be the case this season. I'd be looking to try and at least find maybe a cheaper running back off someone else's roster um, that could fill the void for the start of the season, but or at least for enough weeks that you can protect yourself for, um, to cover that. But Easier said than done, getting a running back off someone, right? I think it's maybe like a Dalvin Cook or something like that, where the owners try like to a get David Montgomery, right? David Montgomery, um, yeah. Someone, yeah, he's got the. Someone's probably looking to get rid of him, maybe, or potentially the fear of Jamar Gibbs coming up behind him um, might have a window out in the first start of the season. He should see solid workload for them, so um, he probably covers you for Jonathan Taylor a little bit. But if Jonathan Taylor doesn't come back, you don't. You're a bit. Being a bit of strife, yeah. maybe down the end of the season. Yep. So, what do we think about the Dion Jackson, Zach Moss, um, Evan Hull? I assume he's still on the team. 
now that this JT news, are we pushing them up the board? It's not an exciting team to to get on board with at the moment with a rookie quarterback and AR up the board. I, I wouldn't no. be pushing him up. I think it makes the offense worse. If Probably, anything. yeah. I really feel true. like I feel like he's already as far up as he can pretty much be. Right. I'm yeah, taking uh, him pretty high. Back. Yeah. I'll pro- yeah, yeah I wouldn't take very, him any higher than I already am. Yeah. No, I think like the next level of he's he he's going in that behind like I would say like Dak right. Mm. Um, and the Deshaun Watson, Dak, and then he's sort of come, getting jumping sometimes, like to a uh, um, Kirk. It's like that Kirk Rogers. I feel like I don't. I, I feel like he like... can't go above. Yeah, he can't. for me, he's the back end of those that group. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've I've I flipped a coin on Rogers and AR a lot of times, <laughs> and I reckon just, I've got about 50-50. Yep. Two different quarterbacks, right? Oh, yeah. Doing the two different things. I think I'm really big on Rogers this season. I think it's just yep, so probably he's going to come out hard. He looks like I think Hard Knocks has shown us that there's a bit of dog left in him. He still wants to win. He's not just there for, <laughs> for a paycheck, right? Um, I and, don't and he's there working. know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. I want to see. I think A Rod just scares me a little bit if if they fig, like if there's not enough ver- versatility to that offense that they can figure teams will figure out how to slow him down. Um, that Rogers or Richardson? Richardson. Oh, yeah. Yep. For Richardson, I mean, yeah, he's just, I don't know. He's got that. And it's probably this, if we if we talk about how where our fades are going, we might do a thing. Guest has just run off, but we were going to talk a bit more of the cuts, but I'll, I'll probably lead into my, my quarterback fade on a similar thing to, to Richardson. But we'll just talk the last couple of, um, like, let's talk about the fantasy relevant ones here. We've got um, Albert O was traded to the Eagles, so this was actually good outcome for for Denver. Denver, he was put on the, he was about to be waived, and uh, the Eagles found out uh, he was going to be waived, and they wanted first part of the cherry, so they offered for a, a trade. I think it was a seventh round pick. So it was, yeah, it was you know, a six. It was like um, a conditional. Uh, oh man, there's something. It was Albert O. And a seventh for a sixth or something like that. Yeah, was, yeah. Which isn't a, which is just a little bit of a value game for your roster. I'm a big fan of that, especially when I'm playing Dynasty trade, trade players for just anything that you before you cut them. It was the same and as I think and Kill. I don't know if you remember last year and Kill Harry. There was all talk he was going to be cut by the Patriots, and like ten seconds before he went on waivers, uh, the Bears threw a seventh at him, and that sounds exactly mm. like what happened to Albert O. He was like going to go and wave it in 10%, 10 seconds beforehand. The Eagles went, you know what? We'll just give you a seventh. So we don't, you know, we're not going to miss out on him, so to speak. That's it. They get, they want to, that's a position they probably wanted that depth at and, and get a guy that I think has shown that he can play a little bit, but just hasn't been solid enough to be used all the time. Um, I think it's his awesome game. Has really last week. let him down. Yeah. Good outcome for the Broncos. But I think there was, um, some people that were happy to see him go and others that just thought with how the Broncos receiving room had gone, maybe Alberto wasn't the, was probably a little bit more needed, uh, which could be telling of what the Broncos think of their season already. Whether they'd be like, no, nah, we're just going to take picks and build for the future, which I'm not against. I think diversifying there and building that capital back after the the rust trade isn't a bad thing. Get that, that extra seventh will make all the difference. <laughs> well, that's six. It's moved, six, it's moved yeah. a seventh to a six. That'll help. But, um, <laughs> The big one, Colt McCoy cut. He's so he's no that's that's big for the Cardinals. Um, and I think 
you know, there was a news during the week, uh, early this week, where um, Gannon's come out and said that he's not going to name a a starter as a to keep the element of surprise and the competitive edge, I think was the word to use. What does that tell you? Who's the quarterback going to be? To me, it's it says it's quite in tune. I think well, it has to be right. Like he's played yeah. good enough that yeah. you know why not just give him a go? Like what, what are you going to gain out of playing Josh Dobbs? Well, I think yeah. Well, I think this yeah. is to help um, tune have the edge that teams just have to don't can't just think oh let's look at tune only they got to think about Dobbs and yeah. it's. It's only that a benefit tune, like throwing Dobbs out there without. If you're going to start, tune wasn't ready. You're going to start Dobbs. You just say, "Fuck it, we're, we're going with Dobbs." Um, they want to get the best result out of out of tune, and so hopefully this this is actually a good outcome for them. I think. Well, how much confidence did you have in Colt McCoy going into the season? Yeah, that low. Right? I have more confidence not, not great, in Clayton Tune. So. Yeah, at least Clayton Tune, you can him. you can kind of do you something. Can tune with him, him a bit, like. <laughs> Clayton, Clayton Chin could be anything. He could, he could even be Colt yeah. McCoy. <laughs> like there is a scenario right. Right, where Clayton Chin plays out of his skin and, and Kyler Murray comes back and they trade Clayton Chin for like, I don't know, a third. Like, Fifth round pick, you know, yeah. <laughs> probably what they paid for him, yeah. You know, maybe a, a one-round upgrade. I don't know. Yeah, he's a fifth round. Whatever they can. Yeah. They got to do whatever they can to get some value back to put around um, Caleb Williams for next season, right? <laughs> That's a, another shot to go. Owen seventeen for the Cardinals. I just I'm going to make all these the Cardinals jokes. I can't wait for the Rams v Cardinals game. Just two teams just trying their hardest to lose. It's going to be so much fun to watch. All right, well, let's run through the Rask buddy cuts quickly so we can get onto our fades. Miles Gaskin, um, he, he's he was cut and then he went to a uh, Detroit. Jalen Rieger also cut. Bailey Zapp, they liked his hustle, but he was also cut. Melvin Gordon, the perennial fumbler, cut from the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> I'm just laughing. Robbie Chosen. What about his name changing again? Also cut. Big. This is the big cut, fantasy-wise. Wayne McBride, cut from the Vikings. Yeah, that's a big um, one. Do you think yeah, Robbie Anderson keeps changing his name, actually, so that he can say he was only ever cut once? But he's just only, year, only he's ever been cut. Be every time he gets cut, he changes his name, so he's never been cut again. Um, Anderson, Robbie, or someone ended up on the Vikings. <laughs> someone who was half good was that Miles Gaskin? I'm trying to think who that was now, but no, someone ended up. Detroit. At... I did see it. Yeah, I can't remember who it was. Was someone... it Damian Williams? I don't know. No, it was uh, BM Knight. No, who was it? Oh yeah, Zonovan Knight did go somewhere. You're right. Yeah, be... and I just I just Anyways. remember thinking, you know that. Um, that backfield is now not only what was it beforehand, uh, Madison and someone else. Anyway, oh, okay, I thought that, no. yeah, Ty Chandler. I thought the third guy that come in is probably a good chance to be Madison's backup. I can't remember who it was, but they were good enough to be Madison's backup. There is a lot of a lot of talk. That Ty Chandler is looking very good, mm. um, so I think he's got a good opportunity. Like we've to be have some value, or he's the big winner of Dwayne. Going nowhere because yeah, they yeah. picked up this guy, and we we watched McBride. Um, he he had a lot of production on in numbers wise, but when he ran, it was just like nothing special, right? Yeah, it's like any running running back that sort of comes through. So yeah, it's pretty boring. In I think he the fact that he couldn't stick on a team that needed running back depth isn't yeah. great for any yep. dynasty shares. So I think that that's it just fade everywhere Cutting. for him. Cole Beasley, he's gone. 
We had oh, it around the wrong sorry. way. Miles Gaskin did go to the Vikings. That's why you're confused, Tom. Not Detroit. Okay. Oh. And and Bam Knight went to Detroit. Right. Okay. We were yeah, close. Yeah. My bad. Cole Beasley cut, so yeah. he's going to go back to the playing for the Bills again, right? We see that. Just don't know. Well, no, the Bills didn't want him. The Bills coaching staff took him at the Giants and, and said, <laughs> nah, actually, Jameson Crowder cut too. Oh. And Damian Williams also gone. Um, I didn't even know he I mean, was on the roster. Some, Where was he? He was, on IR. he was backing up um, Josh Jacobs not playing, basically. And right. once Josh Jacobs signed his contract, he's, he's gone. Yeah. There you go. All right, let's just hit the fades then. The IR stuff's not as important. Yeah, Tyquan Thornton, yeah. Delani Woods, yeah. Carl Phillips, who cares? Jerry right. Judy yeah. escaped him. When you when you disappeared, yes, before mm. we were talking, um we're talking a bit of Aaron Rodgers, Anthony Richardson. Um, a little bit of the combo there and how high Richardson's been is um pretty impressive um uh, for a rookie that sort of hasn't thrown a lot in college either and it's not anthony richardson for my fate at quarterback but it's someone that i think is in a similar boat um i think where he's going how high we're expecting an outcome from justin fields um i think i'm fading him a little bit at, at adp there's quarterbacks behind him that i think i prefer much more i think we saw a lot of success with him running the ball and being aggressive but we haven't really seen him take that big step throwing the ball and I think that he's improved weapons, but I don't think they've improved well enough the Bears to see him dominate fantasy like Josh Allen did the year he stepped up. I think we might see definitely an improvement and be where we can, but we're going to see a lot of inconsistencies. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on Justin Fields? He's just for me, I think where he's going, I really like him. I just think they've made moves, but have they made enough where they're like, we're all in on this guy or enough to say, um, all right, we're going to give you something to find out what you are, not give you everything to be the best you can be. It's like we don't want to overinvest in case we – because they've got a lot of picks now they can use for the future. Um, their next quarterback, they're in a position to, to pivot. I think they've given him something to, to say they've found out, but I don't know whether what they've really done is enough. They've, they're an injury away from being very short depth-wise at a lot of positions. It's also like um, I think – they they went out and got Chase Claypool and they said let's let's let Justin Fields be that what you kind of want your running quarterback to be which is your short games your run game and you you just take shots so that's what Anthony Richardson I think people are kind of expecting out of him that's what Lamar does pretty well um, yeah so this is the that didn't work at all for them Chase Claypool never really got integrated at all and now they've gone and done the exact opposite which is trying to make his Short game more efficient by giving him DJ Moore to, you know, throw short passes to and just get easy completions, which is probably going to help him, but it's probably not going to help his fantasy scores. Like if he's getting short completions, that's less points than him running seven yards, you know, a seven yard pass to DJ Moore. So yeah, I can I can see that. I think he was on an absolute tear at the end of the end of last year, but he'd have to continue that to to live up to where he's being drafted. That's what people are. Uh, yeah, I think I think then people, they let him run, like they figured out a way to run him or they let him run a little bit more. But I think that was where he had his success. His EPA per drop back, I'm pretty sure I remember hearing it being like he was like 31 or 32, maybe even 33. Really bad. Um, so his passing success hasn't been enough. And I think this year they know, another year they know what they're going to try and do. They're trying to get him to run the ball. Teams aren't going to... They're going to work to make him throw it. 
um, can he perform there? And I don't know. I think I, I have confidence he can. I just think at the moment where he's been drafting, we're taking it in that we know he can. And um, I'm just not sure the, the road to success is going to be as smooth as the Bears tick it off and go. We saw him make two big plays in that first preseason game where both were very short passes and the, the player to, athletic player took it to the house. So there's going to be some success there. But I think there's got to be a bit more where he makes big plays um, for him to be, I mean, where he's going at. We're expecting him to be just behind um, the big-name quarterbacks that are putting up like 400 points a season. I think he's a little bit of a, a little bit rich for me there. Let's move on to someone else. I'll give a, oh, a little counter-argument there is that oh, yeah? the, the quarterback after Justin Fields on ADP is so far below. Like, I can't drop him in our ADP any more than where I've got him. So he's like, say, what is he, QB8? QB seven. The difference. Yeah, but I think between... that's if you're look, that's if you're looking at quarterback ADP only. Like, yeah, there's other players to take there, and I'd rather pick up other players and yeah, okay. go another have a shot at the quarterback later than yeah, pick him up. So he's sort of Especially in that. In, if you look eight to eight to twelve, seven to twelve range, Justin Fields going, and then the next quarterback is going at like early third. So the difference between Fields yeah. and and Dak or Watson or even AR is like a round and a half almost. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I sort of see what Maybe. you mean. Maybe we should be taking Kelsey or or a wide receiver instead of Justin Fields there. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. And yeah, like to say he's like closer to Lamar and Burrow than. Yeah, Richardson and and well, yeah, oh, yeah, he's definitely closer is, to is maybe. than he is to the others, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair call. All right, uh, my first fade of the week is actually um Simos. Um, I'm fading him in all fantasy platforms this year. He's he's going to win absolutely nothing. <laughs> but um, <laughs> at the uh, quarterback position, I'm fading a guy we just mentioned there, Deshaun Watson. Um, I just. I went down and I, I couldn't really decide on a quarterback I wanted to fade. So I just picked the one that I just haven't drafted at all because I just don't get it. Um, he was terrible last year. Like he's not, he's, he was back to back to back quarterback five from 2018, 19, 20. And um, then he had the better part of two years off. He came back into the Browns offense um, with this fantastic offensive line that everyone was excited about still took just as many sacks. He made mistakes. He was not clinical and we're just expecting this jump straight back to where he was for some reason. And I just don't know why it's such a risky pick. If you pick him and he's still terrible, this this could be like move on type of territory other than the fact that his contract's just stupid. But um, yeah, I just don't know that, Amari Cooper and David and Joku really get me fired up that he's going to jump back to this elite, elite quarterback. Like he was playing with DeAndre Hopkins and, you know, this is, this is not the same team he was playing in. It's been a long time since he's played, but I just can't see why we're taking him, you know, ahead of Tua who was excellent last year or even sometimes ahead of Dak. It's just nuts to me. I, I don't get it. So he's my fade at quarterback. I think he's a very he's a very obvious fade. I mean, he's going at you know, we talk about that next tier. He's nearly the next quarterback drafted after Justin Fields. 
And like when you look at his stats last year, he was uh, in the twenties, I think, in points per game, twenty QB twenty three or something oh. in points per game. Oh, yeah, it was like eleven points, nine points. That there was some just yeah, it was terrible, dreadful, dreadful games. Yeah, and what's he like? Yeah, you look at him when he played before when he had big games, right? It was at the Texans with DeAndre Hopkins, right? Uh, he's coming to the. The Browns. The Browns love to run the ball, right? That's their <laughs> bread and butter. Um, they, they they've got that set. He doesn't have to do a lot of. If they are successful, they don't need him to do crazy amounts. They just need to be semi decent, which is probably a little bit better than last season. I just don't see the the floor that he had. Like to him to have that floor to be hitting thirty plus week in week out. They're not that offense that's gonna that's gonna do that. So where he's going, you're sort of you're thinking he can get there, but I think. He's probably back in that next a tier or two behind where there's the safe quarterback, safer like low ceiling quarterbacks. Um, it's just when I look at someone like Aaron Rodgers, right? I I don't see how there's there's this bigger gap between Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson, given what we saw last year from both of them, what we've seen from them in the past. Like it's very similar. The Jets are hyped out of control with an outstanding rookie of the year wide receiver. Like it's it's really, really similar teams. I I just don't see why there's this gap between them. They're they're such similar players. There's like a round and a half between Watson and Aaron Rodgers. And for me, Rodgers is going to finish well above Watson (laughs) this year. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yep. All right, Tom, hit us with your um, spicy fade. I will leave my quarterback to last because I don't have a lot of uh, okay. info on him. But I'm going to – all mine are spicy. Don't worry about that. All mine are <laughs> spicy. My, I'm going to go I'll, – I'll go wide receiver first just to really uh, – just to really freeze the room over a little bit. I'm going to go Jamar Chase. For the second year in a row, I've got Jamar Chase as a fade. He's wide receiver 12 in 2022. In um, He only played 13 games. He was wide receiver 6 in points per game. His ADP, obviously, wide receiver two. He's, a, he's the only two or maybe three receivers going the first round, but he, he's certainly a first-round wide receiver in Superflex, that is. he's um He was wide receiver five in 2021 in both points per game and in total. Uh, in 2022, he had 1,046 yards. He averaged over 10 targets per game in 13 games, so pretty high volume when he actually played. An average of 12 yards per catch, which... Is well down on on the year before. Eighteen yards per catch in twenty twenty one, compared to twelve yards per catch in twenty twenty two. He had fourteen hundred and fifty five yards, as you know, a rookie record in twenty twenty one. He averaged seven and a half targets per game, so his targets were way up in twenty twenty two, but his yards per catch was way down. Um, now, what I find interesting was that jamar and t seem to share the role a bit at the Bengals, as it's probably not really a hot take but i thought i'd dive into that a little bit and just see how much one takes away from the other if that makes sense so in games where t higgins finished as a top 24 wide receiver jamar chase averaged wide receiver 24 in those games does that make sense so in games where t higgins finished as a as a wide receiver two or better Jamar Chase's mm-hmm. average was actually wide receiver 23.8. Including against Atlanta, where Jamar finished wide receiver one for the week and T finished wide receiver 22. So if you take that one out, then 
Jamar's like it's gonna be a lot worse. <laughs> wide receiver thirty one or something when T Higgins yep. finishes a top two as uh, a top twenty four. So out of the ten games T and Jamar played together last year, so they were both injured a bit last year. Out of the ten games they both played together, they never both finished as top twenty wide receivers. So when one goes big, the other one doesn't. That's what I'm getting at. Another interesting thing, I remember in a game last year uh, when Jamar Chase was mic'd up, he T. Higgins made a big play early in the game and he went over to Joe Burrow and he said, T is on fire today, keep feeding him. Now, I don't know whether that was just a mic thing or whether that's a game thing, but I thought that was interesting and you sort of see it, you know, I watch a lot of Bengals stuff, so you sort of see it on the training field. They're always messing around together and, and when T's on a hot streak, Jamar will just sort of take a step back. And when Jamar's on a hot streak, T will take a step back. Um, so, yeah, that's why I'm for – I can't see Jamar Chase reaching his ADP. And I've seen I've seen him go as wide receiver one in some spots. I just can't see how he's ever going to get to wide receiver two where his ADP is. He's going to be five to ten, and he's going to be that unless T Higgins leaves because he can't get the volume. So anyway, a spicy one, second year in a row, Jamar Chase is my wide receiver fade. Yeah, and I like the argument. I, I mean, it's pretty fair to say with both of them there that it's pretty unlikely. Like if if they're sort of doing it one week, the other week, then you should expect them to be wide receiver one and two if you're expecting hmm. Chase to be wide receiver one. So yeah, you either got to go both or or neither and and put them closer together. So maybe they should just sort of average out at six and seven or something like that. Um, what I did today yeah, was I actually cool got take. I bought up T Higgins stats from last year on my computer and I bought up Jamar's Chase stats on my phone and I put them both together. And you know how on Sleeper it's got green if you're a wide receiver one, <laughs> yellow if you're a wide receiver two. And it was like complete opposite. It was yellow and green, green and yellow, yellow, green, green, yellow, yellow, green, green, <laughs> yellow. And it was, yeah. I thought, you know, this is something that even though we talk about it a lot, it's probably no one's ever done a, a real deep dive into it. Um, and it's probably the same with like Hill and Waddle and, and Lockett and Metcalf of the back in the day. But anyway, let's move on. Oida? Look, I'm, I'm, I'm I was gonna. I'm still a bit bullish on on Michael Pittman, but I'm. I don't know. There's a there's a fear of missing out if I if I fade him. Um, and Anthony Richardson comes on good. Like they've got to throw the ball to someone. But there's to me. I don't know. I'm fifty fifty on this one. To me, it's just uh, he's going at like. And when I look at Fantasy Pros ADP, uh, I think it was thirty three wide receiver thirty three, which isn't. You know, crazy high. It probably sits in in a range where he's at. I just feel like can he be reliable as a as a wide receiver three in your, in your fantasy team? I think he's a guy that's going to put up four, six, get a touchdown, twelve, like a bit more. Is he going to be able to push up hundred yards a game? And I'm just not confident there. I think there's going to be opportunity for Richardson to throw the ball. They've got three, and I'm not going to say they've got three decent receivers in that room, right? If at the moment Pittman's the one, is there an opportunity for really them to share this it's not he's not so far ahead of the other two that i think he just dominates the target share i think they're going to use all three um 
and I don't know. I just think where I've seen him being going, I'm just a little bit, a little bit worried about his performance this season. I don't know whether you guys have any fear there. I think people are drafting him high to expect solid outcome, and I'm, I don't know. The running quarterback that can pass the ball, I, I see the opportunity there. I just don't see them. This Colts team seems to sort of be derailing a little bit. If we can use that with the Jonathan Taylor stuff, I'm just a bit yeah. worried about. Michael Pittman being a pass. If he's a, if he's the one, and you're going to try and stop Richardson from running, you're probably going to put two guys on Pittman to close his first read and and force him to have to look deeper into his progressions. And that's how you're going to make mistakes. And I think that's where I what I think teams are going to do. And that's just for me. I think I don't want to get rid of Pittman. I just not going to, especially in dynasty. I'm just going to have a lot of trouble starting him. Mm. I think. Moz brought it up last week or maybe the week before, can't remember, um, about a rookie quarterback not supporting a top 36 wide receiver or something. And I mm. did hear that stat. I think it was on the fantasy footballs, but I can't even remember that. It could have been CBS. Um, and it was it was a percentage of the time. It wasn't that they never yeah. produced it. But it was, it was very, very low, the percentage that of the time a, a rookie wide receiver is able to support a a good fantasy wide receiver. And I think without Jonathan Taylor, we're looking at less points for the Colts. With Jonathan Taylor, we're looking at more running from the Colts. So I think either way, he's a bit damned. Mm. Um, I, this look, is definitely we could a see player this. I haven't drafted at all in the best ball. I, I look at him and I go, nah, every time. And I, I don't really... It, it probably is what you said. I just don't think I can ever rely on him and... There's not a ceiling. I think that they could, maybe there is weeks, but there's going to be no. I don't think consistency is really going to be the thing that that screws me. Maybe he has a boom week, um, scores thirty points week one, but he's going to have a opportunity to go for donuts. Maybe not donut, but very low. And you need the player where he's going to be able to be putting up six, seven, like 60, 70 yards every week, and you know, hoping for a touchdown or two on some extra big plays, bigger weeks that that really get you over that double digit points for fantasy and I think he's just going to be a guy that might be disappointing more than he and then unreliable to start um he, he just had a lot of fear for him so I'm I'm definitely fading Michael Pittman I don't think he's super his ADP sort of leveled out a little bit but he just has it especially in dynasty there was a bit of hype around him hmm. I don't know he's just he's it's just definitely scary. definitely the name right so he's one of those players that you end up with in your team and you look at it and you're like I have to play Pittman but you've got someone like, I'll just say like Zay Jones from last year. Mm. And Zay Jones probably is scoring better than him, but you just look at the name and you're just like, I can't see it, Pittman, can I? That's the kind of player that he could end up yeah. being in your team. That That's the, the frightening thing about him. So I think, I'm with you there. I think a good comp is Darnell Mooney from last year. <laughs> he was mm. drafted pretty high in redraft Darnell Mooney because he was so talented. You know, we're all pretty excited about this new Bears offense with Justin Fields starting and, and, uh, and then Justin Fields just ran it and ran it and ran it and ran it and, ran it and didn't throw it. And it's, you know, probably going to happen in Indy as well. Um, is there anything yeah, else? The best outcome comp. for him is yeah. some kind of Steve Smith, Cam Newton rookie season um, where that where it goes off. But, I mean, that would be but comparing not, Michael yeah. Pittman to Steve Smith, which is, yeah, big ass. And, yeah, um, comparing AR to... Yeah, I see that comp so many well, I think, times. I, th- I, I think like it. Alec Alec P- Pierce, um, 
Like AR could throw the ball. He's he's got the option deep. They've got Josh Downs to play in, in the slot. It's they're gonna I'm not fully out that they can't pass the ball. I just don't think this idea that Michael Pittman's gonna be force fed targets like he's you know, Steve Smith or DeAndre Hopkins back at the Texans style player is is really there. So definitely someone that I'm just like happy to let happy to let someone else have and, and shoot for someone with a bit more upside. I'll I'll quickly say my other fade, not go into it as long as it's too it's easy, but was Kadarius Tony with his injury history? He's just he, the easy, low hanging fruit fade for me where he's been drafted. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll he's, like he's the Jameson Williams for me. It's like I'm just out, I'm out on yeah. the situation. Kadarius Tony is the same kind of thing. It's just one thing after another with him, and just let someone else have that stress and maybe upside. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, we'll take a quick break. And we will be right back with more fades. This episode is brought to you by Ashley and Martin. Are you tired of being your head being smoother than a freshly shaved balls? Don't be the Chris Morris of your friendship group. Head to Ashley and Martin to regrow and keep your hair so you can get a sick fade like the boys at Aussie Fantasy Football Podcast are about to continue dropping on you. <laughs> All right, so oh. I'm up again, right? And uh, yeah, I think um, I think it's your guy again. Who do you have up? So I'm going to jump over to the running back position, a fade that I feel pretty strongly about, and it's pretty similar to what we were talking about just before the break. Um, Brees Hall. um, I felt better about this call before they signed Dalvin Cook because it felt a little bit more bold. Now it feels a bit easy to say this, but he's just not right, right? Like everything about their offseason has been like, let's bring in more running backs. Let's bring in more running backs. And I just... Don't know how you can be drafting Brees Hall right at the top of your draft, expecting the same thing you did last year when he's clearly not a hundred percent. He's maybe it's um Dalvin Cooks being brought in as the perfect, you know, guide through this situation because he's been pretty injured in his career. So maybe he'll help Brees to trust his body, but I'm not sure that he's the best person for that because he seems like he still wants to prove something, Dalvin. Yeah, but, running back um, coming off their ACL is just hard to Hard to just go, oh, workhorse again, right? It's just we haven't seen it happen where the guys come back and for how good Brees Hall's been. I think bringing Dalvin Cook in is good for Hall long term because I think yeah. it just takes the – this team is win now, right? So if yeah. they didn't bring him in, they're going to have to find – they're going to get Hall the ball and maybe it doesn't work out. But this might prolong him um, and give mm. him a bit more longer value and make him a better back overall. So I really – I liked it in there, but I definitely know what you're saying. It's just – Bringing in Dalvin Cook means that, yeah, Brees Hall is just going to, you know. He's so explosive, right? So he's going to yeah. he's gonna have good games. Um, and it's just, is he still that explosive? Yeah, can he handle the workload? Does he trust his right knee to make the, the carts or whatever? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's all just a bit, yeah, I'd, I'm not sure enough to draft him where he's going at all. And I... Again, in the best ball, I don't know how many drafts I've done now, maybe 10, and I haven't drafted him at all again. So that's where I've tried to go with these players that I'm fading is just guys that I look at at their ADP and I throw no thanks, and definitely Brees Hall is one of them. Is Tom still here? What do you think on Brees Hall, Tom? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like He's so talented, and he put up such big numbers last year, but yeah, coming off an ACL with a crowded, backflip, crowded backfield, is he just going to be AJ Dillon? Is he just? Mm. I don't know. I think probably better than 
that because he he's more yeah. like Aaron Jones, I think. But yeah, um, he is. I guess one of the things that makes Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon really hard to own is sometimes Rogers is like, nah, this week I'm passing all the yeah. touchdowns. And <laughs> he really he does. Throws all the, <laughs> all the touchdowns to wide receivers. Um, yeah, he he can be very frustrating to own Aaron Jones because one week he runs in four touchdowns and the next week he, he barely sees the field because Rogers, you know, at, on third and or first and one throws the ball three times in a row at the goal line. So, yeah, just. I- I don't understand how Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall are like four rounds apart on ADP. Like, I'm not sure whether that's because Dalvin Cook's too low or because Brees Hall's too high or maybe both, but I feel like they should be like next to each other. If you were to say, which back do you want at the Jets? Which one do you want? Like, I think the thing with ADP, this is what I've noticed anyway, is you look at ADP while you're drafting, especially if you're doing best balls and things like that in tournaments where you're drafting heaps of times and you're just looking at the players around that and you, you're picking from those players. So you're not thinking, oh, geez, I should draft Dalvin Cook here because I really like him because he's not on the board at all. And so it takes mm. a long time for him to creep up. He slowly creeps up and as he creeps up, you pick him a little bit earlier and he creeps up and you pick him a little that's bit right. earlier, but it just yeah. hasn't caught up yet. I think that's what it is. Um, I've, I expect, and I've noticed Brees Hall has been sitting on the board longer now since Dalvin Cook signed, yep. um, which has made it a little bit more tempting, but I still just haven't, haven't picked him up yet. I'm, just, yep. I'm, I'm a bit out on him this year. Yeah, Not I can't really. Just this year. Yeah, I can't really disagree with you, but again, I don't know. He's just so, he's so good. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, like... it's, it's hard to say he's going to suck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how did he go? Uh, a full round after Jameer Gibbs. Does that make sense? In the NFL draft. Mm. Like when you look at it like that, it's pretty wild. But anyway. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor as well. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yep. Um oh, Pete, are you going? No, you've been, haven't you? All right. Are we staying yep. on running backs? Yeah, you gotta you gotta have me. Yeah, hit, hit your running back. You can kick us off. Hit my running back. Alexander Mattinson. Let's get it. Last two years, he's averaged 3.7 yards per carry, which is pretty gross. That's down there with uh, some of the worst RBs, RB1s in the league. Uh, 2022. In 2022, he scored over 10 points twice in 2022. I know Dalvin Cook's in the backfield and whatever, but you kind of, for a team that scored, I did write it down here somewhere, the Vikings averaged 25 points per game last year, and they went 13-4, and and... Scored over 10, 10 points in PPR twice. Uh, I've got a few more notes here somewhere. Um, so he's RB22 in uh, yeah, on ADP. And guys that are below him, who I would draft ahead of Alexander Madison, Kamara, Sanders, Akers, Rashad White, both the Cook brothers I would take over Madison. Um, probably both Philly RBs. I'm not sure about Swift. I'm a bit off Swift this year, but I think I'd maybe take him over Madison. And Khalil Herbert is like ten spots below Madison on on ADP, so I just can't get around him at at RB twenty two. He's never been good. Like he's never. Have you? Can you remember a game where you're like, "Holy moly, this guy is really talented"? And like we talk about backups that were behind really good players, like Khalil Herbert, Tony Pollard. Um, there were two that come to mind. I can't think of any others off the top of my head, but they've all had games where you've gone, Holy moly, this guy is going to take the RB1's job and he's going to be a star. Well, 
I can't remember a Madison game. Can you remember a Madison game where he's gone, where you've gone, wow, this guy's really good? No, it's, it's Tevin Coleman okay. is, the, is the other name for me. Pete, Pete and I have toyed <laughs> with doing a whole series about can the Tevin Coleman of the backfield um, go on to be an RB1. And t- is Tony Pollard's the, the current example. Mm. But yeah, Alexander Madison is not one of those guys for me. Could Dalvin Cook average four point yard, 4.5 yards per carry, for instance, last year, which is nearly a, a yard per carry behind the exact same O-line? And you'd probably say that Dalvin Cook had a more stacked box compared to when Madison was coming on the field. So, like, yeah, you look at Khalil Herbert, he's averaging like six yards per carry, and then people say, oh, but, you know, they didn't have a stacked box when, when Khalil Herbert was on the field for third downs. Well, you could say the same thing about Madison, and he's averaging 3.7. So I just I can't get around the hype. I think his ADP is way, way off. And like we said with the other guys before, when he's at the top of ADPs, I'm just picking another position. I'm just reaching down a few RBs. I'm just leaving him there. Yep. Uh, I've been drafting him a fair bit because <laughs> I just kind of think he's got volume. I don't think he's talented at all. I just yeah, think he's got, he's got a good volume. chance of volume. That's yeah, right. So usually when I'm at that spot and I need a running back, I do pick him up. But, um, yeah, I, I certainly get it. He's not. I'm not excited about his talent. What do you think Can of we... the similarity between him and Pollard in terms of what's happened in how they how they've fallen out there? But do you find the difference? Pollard's gone like RB eight in drafts, but Pollard oh. was actually explosive last season. He was sort of um, he was taking over. Know, he was the lightning. Yeah, exactly. So people I think were that's calling the for Brees head uh, for Brees Hall, Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, this it's, is they're the just two similar guys, and I think yeah. I think Pollard's going high, um, but he's definitely shown a lot more to be there. And I think the axing of Kellen Moore, always everyone's sort of pushing that. That means Dallas is going to run more. Pollard's probably going to go hard and hard. But I think, I don't know, they're two players that I think similar with just the slight bit that you can tell that there's been a bit of more production from Pollard, especially last season, that he can actually sustain a bit of a workload and be efficient per carry, not just volume. Um the Vikings can't run the ball. That'll put a lot of pressure on old Kirk Cousins, and I think that'll things might start to unravel then. But so I'm with you on Madison. I think he's just a little bit. There's a bit more backs behind him, and I think if I roll into my guy here, Damian Pierce is my running back that I'm I'm fading. He finished uh, running back 28 last season. Now he's going like running back 20. Um, it's pretty pretty high jump for a guy that sort of um, we we do love him, but I think you know he's not the guy that's just going to do too much. He's on a team that sort of hasn't really built an identity around offense. And we can say, oh, last year had um we had Davis Mills last season and um not a lot of supporting cast. This year he's got another rookie quarterback and also not a lot of supporting cast. So I think I think running back twenty eight is really where we can see him land again. Just shy of a thousand yards rushing. Didn't get a lot of touchdowns um last year. Maybe we see a big positive regression there and we could boost it but he, he's going a bit a little above a lot of other running backs that i think have a, a bit more they're on better offenses a bit more chance of actual success there's like pacheco tom mentioned um uh kamara there's um who else? sanders is going behind and there's all these other backs that i think just i would rather have over damian pierce like he's he's to me he's a little bit um he's safe but i mean if he doesn't have blow up this year, he's probably a guy that's 
looking to be replaced with a new running back. Um, Seven signatures is not so, nothing either. Yeah, that's, and they've brought in not, he who was his competition last year? Like who? Yeah, that like was another Rex Burkhead. Rex, was Rex Goathead. Yeah, Rex Burkhead. There's someone else. So that they, the guy that did, did they get Tevin Coleman night. in at one point? They had multiple different guys. Dare and oh, they had Philip Lindsay. Yeah, I think they had a few different guys that played at different stages, but it was always just Damian Pierce. But they obviously made this move. Like you look at look at guys that are going behind him. Ken Walker's going in front of him, right? And this ADP has him at 18. I feel like they're the same player. Yeah, Ken Walker oh, I think and Ken Damian. Walker's a lot more. Ex- Ken Walker's got a bit more ex- like oh. speed explosion. I think he does. Um, but I think Damian Pierce shows a lot more versatility. But then it's like guys like Sanders, Madison. We don't like we fade at Madison, but Kamara, J.K. Dobbins. Like how how much is is there really a gap between Pierce and, and Dobbins? I think Dobbins sits on a team that you know overall looks a little bit a lot safer than Damian Pierce. You've got Cam Akers, probably going to see a lot of volume there, but probably similar story. White, Connor, Dalvin Cook, Javante Williams. Pacheco going all the way back at wide, uh, running back 30. I don't know. There's just, for me... I reckon we're in sort of, the, the middle of the running back dead zone here. And mm. uh, what Pete's He's the top said, of it. He's at, yeah, he's the top he's of, the it, top yeah, of it. it. But the weirdest thing is that I now feel really terrible because every time I'm in this position, I take either Alexander Madison or Miles Sanders and I just never take Damian Pierce because I think I must be with you because, yeah, I, I see Sanders and I draft him all the time. So I think he's just going to be a workhorse and, you know, maybe the team's not going to be good. I don't know... I don't look at Damian Pierce as a as that type of workhorse for some reason, and yeah, I'm, I, remember I must a, be subconsciously with you. I remember a tweet from last year, and it stuck with me all the time. And it was two videos. One was a video of Leonard Fournette on a screen pass where he caught the ball two yards behind the line of scrimmage and absolutely got blown up to pieces. Zero point eight fantasy points. And then there was a run of Damian Pierce who carried like six defenders on his back for eight yards. And it said 0.8 fantasy points. And I just thought, <laughs> no, that's what's this is what's wrong about PPR leagues. Damian Pierce can be such a good player, and he is a good player. He's such a tough player, but for fantasy, he's a fade because he doesn't catch yeah. passes. And those eight yard runs where he's carrying defenders on his back, they're worth less than a catch. Don't get you any point yet. They're worth less than a catch that goes for minus one yard. It's like it, yeah, it's kind of shit like that, which is, like, yeah, which is <laughs> my argument I have a lot with people on Twitter about half PPR leagues and full PPR leagues. Well, I think there should be a maybe PPR needs to be like you only get the reception if you get positive yard, you have to gain yards on it, right? Like you can't get the don't get a catch if it goes backwards, which is just you know, that, it is probably stupid, like, the, yeah. That um, dynasty league that I started this year was kind of kind of made around that tweet. It's it's half PPR, but then it's another half point if you get a first down. So mm. yeah, so get so catching a ball and getting blown up, you know, for four yards, um, you only get half a point or plus whatever. But yeah. Anyway, carry on. I like that rule. That's that's good. Good. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Damian Pierce just sits. I think he's ten spots higher than he probably should be. Um, I like him. I mean, he's probably not bad if he's your running back three or maybe running back four on your team, and especially in a dynasty, you're happy to have that guy come off the bench, a good guy to fill in um, five weeks. But relying on him as your RB two, I think, is a bit a 
a bit rich for me. I'd rather have someone with a bit more upside on, on a better. When there's running backs on better offenses behind him, I'd think I'd take the shot on um, those guys uh, over him. Yeah, yeah, cool. I want Tom to go last because it's super spicy, his last one. So I'll just uh, quickly jump in here with my final guy. Uh, it's my wide receiver and it's Debo Samuel. And I guess I could make the same argument for pretty much every 49ers player. It's just that it's it's a lot of mouths to feed and we're kind of going into this certainty with Brock Purdy, but also, like, I don't know, it's a little bit scary. Like, he's, he's not... Got that much of a. He's not um, good. Just you know. say it. <laughs> he is. He played. He played pretty well to finish. He like takes chances, but like, what if he starts taking chances and throwing picks? Yeah, I'm not 100% sold on him. But more than that, I think Debo Samuel absolutely went nuts two years ago. He was the best player in the NFL. Like, I honestly think he, if the 49ers had somehow gone on to be a really, really good team that year, he he could have been like in MVP conversations, like that's how good he was playing that year. He was not that last year. He was, I think, wide receiver 28 or something last year. I just think we're still kind of holding his name to two years ago, and I'm not sure that he's ever going to reach that. Christian McCaffrey is what they wanted Debo, what Debo Samuel was that year to them now. Christian McCaffrey is going to take the big runs that score touchdowns out of nowhere. He's going to catch the passes behind the line of scrimmage. That's why they went out and spent assets getting him. They want him to be a wide receiver now. And Brandon Ayuk is also a good wide receiver. George Kittle is an excellent receiver. There's a lot of mouths to feed on this team. I just can't see Debo living up to, I think I saw wide receiver 14 or something on the list. So I'm pretty out on him. I think I've only drafted him one time in the best ball. He's, he's just not for me this year. And it's hard because he, he also hasn't played with Brock Purdy. So we don't know what Brock Purdy is going to do with him. But um, yeah, I'm just, I'm a bit yeah. out. Do you remember when the Jets offered their 10th overall pick for Debo Samuel and the 49ers rejected it and then they took Garrett Wilson? Just think about that. That's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I kind of like it. Check down Brock is kind of is kind of where I'm a bit worried. If Debo can stay on the field, I think Debo's the kind of It's hell right for me. Yeah. It's kind of where it he kind of suits Brock's game, but he's got to stay on the field. That's the big problem. Um, and he's got to make so does Brandi, so does George Kittle, so does Christian McCaffrey. They all suit his game, they're all the same player. (laughs) Yeah, like I think put it like that. Yeah, I think that helps them all though, right? Like their all problem is like injury, and the fact that they don't have to just go through one of them all the time maybe helps them all stay healthier for longer, but it just probably also limits those massive, massive weeks. But I think I'm happy if I can get like if I can get 15 out of all three of them every week. it's pretty good. I, I see the fade. He's he's scary. He's a scary prospect, but sometimes it, I think it's the ceiling that where you take the risk, right? He, you know he can do more, and people are always going to come back to that, being like, I've seen it happen. I believe it can happen rather than um, take a shot on someone who they don't know or don't think can be there. So that probably pushes him up a bit in ADP. Um, I don't know. I've, I've, if I'm getting him as my wide receiver three, I'm very happy to take Debo there and take the risk on that upside. 
Yeah, I'm just looking at the last draft I'm in and I'm trying to find Brendan Ayuk and I can't. Um, but Debo Samuel went on the 4-5 turn. Brendan Ayuk went around, yeah, a round and a half later and I think they're probably similar shots at doing very similar things for the team this year. So for me, I think they should be right next to each other and, and Kittle should be, other than the position scarcity part of it, right there as well because they're just going to take turns and even Elijah Mitchell's going to get in there and score touchdowns every now and then. There's just they're going to need a lot of touchdowns this year to to all live up to the their ADP. In twenty twenty one, he was the Yak King, but he's also two years older now. Too, he's probably twenty eight now. I want to say he was twenty six back then. Twenty six to twenty eight is a big difference when you're putting that much toll on your body, as well. Um, and I, I know there was a funny stat. I, I hope it's true, and I hope I'm remembering it right. In 2020, he had negative air yards. Uh, he caught negative air yards. So, anyway, that was yeah. fun. He's 27, but yeah, 25. 27, yeah. So he's yeah. he's getting up there. And when you're oh, uh, his yeah. birthday is, it could be tomorrow. Could be. <laughs> it's, uh, when you're a wide receiver playing like a running back, like, you know, 28 is the limit so to speak. Anything else you want to talk about 49ers? I could trash on the 49ers all night if you want to. <laughs> Makes right. Seymour's a bit too happy, so let's move on. <laughs> let's... All right. My last fade of the night, and I'm... I'll am i call it a fade just to keep it spicy. It's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is my fade of the night, and I want to, I want to tell... <laughs> the, the, the room goes wild. Uh, no, I've I wanted... walked out... And I've said this so many times in group chats, uh, on this podcast, in sleeper chats and things like that. There is absolutely no reason that out of uh, 61 completed drafts, Patrick Mahomes has gone one overall in 53 of them. Out of 61 completed drafts, Patrick Mahomes has gone one overall in 53. Now, in four-point passing touchdowns, he wasn't even the QB1 last year. Jalen Hurts was the QB1 in four-point passing touchdown leagues. In six-point passing touchdown leagues, he was only one and a half points per game above Jalen Hurts. And I think Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts, they should all be around 33% each going 101. I can't see why Patrick Mahomes is 90% of the time going 101 in Superflex six-point or four-point passing touchdown leagues. It doesn't matter. I think they should all be roughly the same. That is my only argument for it. I've got nothing else except that he lost Juju, 101 targets, 933 yards and three touchdowns. They're going to rely on Sky Moore season. Sky Moore season and that other bloke that can't stay on the field and 38-year-old Travis Kelsey. I actually I, think it... You never fade. Dragons, the Giants wide receiver now. Um, I can't think of his name. Is it Richie James? Richie James. Richie yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think he might be maybe the receiver to target for some reason because you're looking at Rasheed Rice and um, he had a shocking preseason. Ross having a well, the coach came out and said they're both going to have a more of like a package role, so more like what we saw out of Kadarius Tony last year. Kadarius Tony, who knows if he's even going to play any games? Um, so it's either going to have to be Sky Moore or somebody that we're not talking about. So I think Richie James is is my pick for him. For, Sneak a few touchdowns in there. Yeah. Um, and I, he's yeah. almost going undrafted. I can't really, I don't think mm. I've got him anywhere. No. So, 
Yeah, now you'd, you'd never fade Patrick Mahomes. If you come to me and said, I took Patrick Mahomes 101 in my home league, in my Superflex home league, I'd be like, cool, awesome. But if you do three of them and you take Patrick Mahomes 101 in all three of them, I'll be like, bruh, what are you doing? Take Hertz 101 in one of them, take Josh Allen 101 in one of them. You know, just sort of hedge your bets a bit on those three massive ceiling guys. Even Lamar, if you took Lamar 101, I'd be like, cool, you know, whatever. But yeah, I, I can't get around Mahomes going 90% of the time, go and pick one. I just, I don't get it. Come and if someone wants to argue that with me, you know, someone who's listening to this, go for it. I'd be happy to sit here and listen. But... And I'll be happy to watch. <laughs> uh, now, we did have a few, if anyone, if we're going to finish up there, I did have a few uh, Twitter fades. Um, Let me have a look. <laughs> Just reading uh, messages that I've been getting. Um, Did anyone else want to say anything before I just... Shout out a few people on Twitter on and, their, and their fades. Twitter fades, yeah. Seymour's right. fade was T. Higgins, which is pretty much the same reasoning as, yeah. as your Jamal Chase, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Chris at C, at, at CG. Uh, DJ Moore, I don't believe he's in a better environment. Fields is still mostly effective with his legs. So kind of interesting, I guess. Kind of what we're saying about Pittman, but I think we're all expecting Fields to... Have a step up this year, aren't we? Except for Pete, who faded him. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, up ticking passing, we were kind of fading him because we didn't think he could do what he did with his legs Rich. again. Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think I, I understand this DJ Moore fade. I think I think people have, there's not been too big of a tick, but there's been improvement on what he was with the Panthers in terms of ADP, and I think is this even a, is this really a much better situation or not? I think it's very like for like so um ticking him i think yeah hold him hold him a little bit even so probably not as much of a fade but i'm not boosting him yeah i don't know it's sort of hard to say yeah if fields does what he did last year then yeah he's a fade dj more but even if fields passes the ball an extra 100 times this year then i think dj more is probably going to reach his adp um vince mapstone uh, absolute legend. He's always interacting with us on socials. Um, Naji, so at CMOS. Uh, Terry McLaurin, which I don't mind this one. He's um got a bit of a bit of a turf toe, which is a we all know what turf toe does. Get out your lawnmowers. Basically, rookie quarterback too. Yep. George Kittle, which was kind of backing off yep. what um, you were saying before, and Deshaun Watson, who have been over. Um, Footy Shane Foot. Absolute legend. Bijan in the first. Now, this might Ooh. ruffle a few feathers. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming, I mean, of course, he's been in super flex leagues, but what do you reckon? Like, when he's going in the first, then that means he is maybe the RB2 off the board, or maybe RB3 if you're lucky. So that'd be like right at he's the end. Can take, him, take him as the first running back off the board if you want. I got no problem with it. He's he's going to be one of the best players in fantasy this year. So there you go, Shano. I think Shane, yeah, we're gonna have to fresh legs, right? Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I could probably, I could probably get around him as the third off the board. I can't get around him over CMC or Eckler. Three, I can probably deal with. Who am I missing? I feel like I'm missing a runner back there. No. Anyway. 
Austin Eckler, maybe. Yeah, I said him. I know. Yeah, you got... I is... got him. Uh, six yeah, four. He's, the... he's definitely three. He's definitely three. I probably three. couldn't put him above three, right? CMC Eckler. I don't think. You're not putting. You're not putting like Barkley above him. No. Nah. nah, I'd go Bijan over Barkley. Yeah. I think Barkley's the one that I think it's closest. Yeah, potentially yeah. have a good yeah. season. He's um, Barkley four Barkley's... on ADP. I haven't even looked. I feel like he's feel always like he lower is. than you expect him to draw. Taylor totally was right. in yeah, there for is. a little bit, but then yeah. it's fallen out. Yeah, um, and then Chubb, then Henry, and then Jacobs, Pollard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think his ADP is about right. BJ in the first, so yeah, it's sort of a hard one to say because you don't really know what the rest of the board looks like. Um, 6-4, who is our leader in... Uh, most ever draft joined in one year. I'm pretty sure he's broken the record. Uh, most ever best ball draft done in one year. Uh, Richardson, Najee, Najee again at CMOS. Um, Pittman talked about him and Dawson Knox. So he's obviously high on Dalton Kincaid this year, which a lot of people are. So I don't know. Pete, anything you want to say about fading Dawson Knox? Get him as one of your Kents. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still, it doesn't. I'm still sticking with him. I think where where's his ADP? It's extremely yeah. low. You, how, That's right. how do you fade him? You don't you don't draft him? Like yeah. um <laughs> you don't draft him. That'll be my take is I mean, don't draft him. I don't think yeah. you, you cannot draft him and pick him up the, after we won and probably still get that value. I don't know. I'm still I'm high on Dawson Knox performing above his ADP. Let's not say I'm not thinking he's gonna be um you know, tight end number and two three, or yeah. anything. Yeah, but I think he could. He has a possibility to be back in top twelve when he's been drafted, tight end twenty something. Like, yeah, yeah, that's right. All right, well, a couple more here. Salty for Sydney, who don't know who that is. They don't follow me, but they've got a couple here that are a bit of spicy ones here. JT, which you know, whatever. Aaron Rodgers, kind of interesting as a fade. I mean, yeah. I think he's going quite late, but fade the. Uh... The hard knocks bump. Yeah. Put it back uh, to where TJ Hawkinson, which is pretty spicy. Mm. Not sure why. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Can't get around that one. Michael Pittman. Okay, next, uh, one, next one's pretty good. Uh, Michael Pittman. Pittman yeah. again. Yeah, Cam Akers and AJ Brown. AJ Brown, I can kind of get around. I think. No, I cannot. You can't? I think he's the yeah. best, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. I, I actually think he's close to the best wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, I. It's just not a possession guy. I kind of like those possession guys, like Diggs and well, JJ and um, yeah. um. Anyway, Cam Akers. Well, Cam Akers was one of my Kents last week. I think Cam Akers <laughs> is going to get fed. But anyway, uh, fun one, Pete. Did you want to run through the uh, at SC Whisperer? Oh, what did he have? <laughs> He's got Mike Lennon, ADP 609. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Marshall Lynch, ADP 999. Honestly, if, if you're drafting him, what are you doing? And this is the best one of all. Henry Ruggs, ADP 654.5. Um, Just a few, yeah, few he's fading there. Um, we did find out that RB99 was Darren Sproles this week. So that was interesting. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Mm. Yeah, I saw like a sign that said RB99, thought it was a breakout. I don't think Darren Sproles is going to be the one, but um He's 40. If you found if you found another <laughs> platform that's got a different RB99 that maybe will play this year, 
invest in them. Yep. Um, anything right, else? Wrap it up then. Yeah, and let's down. wrap it up. Um, anything else from our partners at uh, <laughs> Ashley and Martin? <laughs> <laughs> if people have listened uh, this long, they're idiots. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm fading uh, re uh, reseeds, <laughs> <laughs> or um, <laughs> Devon AJ. <laughs> uh, anyway, we love it. See you, guys. Grow some hair. See you later. <laughs> Toodaloo. Mr. Incredible. <laughs>